Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Hallelujah. Are you thankful to be in the house of the Lord? Can I get an amen from somebody? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Did you have a good week this week? Have a good week this week? You always have a good week in the name of Jesus. Can someone say amen to that? Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. The name of my sermon today is called, When One Day Becomes Today. And I don't know if you, um, I'm sure if you're under 50, you probably have never seen this before, but back when I was a youngin', I used to watch Captain Kangaroo. How many Captain Kangaroo people here? Oh, there's a lot of people here. I like that. So what, the last thing he did, for those who didn't watch him, okay, the last thing he did before he signed off, he had this, he had this mirror that didn't have a mirror in it. It was just the outside of the mirror, okay? And he goes, I see Bobby, I see Billy, I see Micah. I don't think there's even a Micah. So maybe I got the wrong thing. Okay, all right. I thought that was him, though. All right. See, I, I even, I've got my storylines even wrong. All right. But but the key, the key the key to measure that against against today is is that you have been you have been in a kingdom that you don't remember. You've been in a place that had a beginning. It had an ending. You, had a, you lived in a place where you were alive, but you didn't breathe. You ate, but nothing was consumed with your mouth. You had blood flowing through you, but it wasn't yours. What are you talking about? Everyone in this room was in their mother's womb at one time. It was a different kingdom back then. Think about that, all right? It was. You had absolutely no control on what you're eating today, all right? Me, I'm a steak and taters guy, all right? I probably didn't have too much steak when I was there. Just, just a guess. I don't remember, though, all right? And some people who are in that kingdom, uh, they come... They don't gain much weight. Some gain a lot of weight. Because when they leave that kingdom, they're 5 pounds or they're 10 pounds or they're 12 pounds. Have you ever seen a, uh, a mother and a child who's had a 12-pound baby? I mean, he's not thin, all right? Let's be honest, all right? And so, but you know what? When, if that was me, I don't, I don't think I was 10 pounds. Uh, I think I was around 8 or so, I think, if memory serves. I don't remember my, what my mom told me. I, uh, I think I was about around eight pounds. But I was, I was born, and I probably wasn't born thin, right? And I probably wasn't born not thin. But it didn't matter. Hello. It didn't matter because I was leaving the kingdom in which I was in to go to the next kingdom in which the Lord have provided. Now, now, some of us are in there for 10 months, some in nine, some six, some five, 
it varies, but you, each of us in this place had a day. Had a day. And, you know, my, my, um, my son, he, he's in Bluffton, and he's going to graduate this coming May, and his life is going to change. He's been going to school for 16 years, right? 16 years. Every year going to school. And that's going to change this coming May. For you and I, when, when, at least when I was younger, they didn't have these gender reveal parties. I'm talking about everybody, anybody been to a gender reveal party, all right? Well, my son went, went to one. He went to one yesterday, all right? And they had a big box there, and it said boy, girl, and uh, then, they, then they opened the box up, and balloons came out. And the whole room was hoping for pink, but blue arrived. <laughs> And blue, blue, blue balloons came up, and, and for a second, everyone goes, oh. But they, they were, then they realized that they're going to have a child, and it made them happy. Made them happy. But there's coming a day for that child where they're going to leave that kingdom, and they're going to they're gonna be born. And everything's going to change. It's going to have a specific day. It's going to be a pivot day. Now, now, I know a lot of people here in, in, in the congregation have children. Um, how many men have been in the room when, uh, when your, your child was born? Anybody? Anybody? handful of guys. I mean, it's a, it's a life-moving event. Can someone say amen to that? There's no doubt about it, okay? I, 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 I remember every one of mine. Uh, I, I actually, to be, be totally honest with you, my, my funnest one, was actually my, my grandson. I happened to be able to be in the room when my first grandson was born, Mason, right? And he had the biggest smile I've ever seen on a baby that came. He was like, thank God I'm out of there, all right? I'm, I'm so happy that I'm out of that kingdom. He was just, I'm telling you, his, his smile was completely the whole, <laughs> the whole width of his face. He was happy, all right? A happy baby. And he's, you know, and I love him to death. And he's now, he's 12 going on 15 or 18. He, he thinks he's older than he wants to be or, or he wants to be older than he is. And, uh, but, but I remember that day so much and, and, and the joy, uh, not only on my eyes, but on my daughter's uh, and my, my son-in-law's eyes. But there was a pivot day. It was a day that changed everything. Can I tell you today that we're going to talk about something that really has been lost in churchism. Something has been, not necessarily forgotten, I would say, but something that really has not been talked about much. Because there's coming a day, whoo, hallelujah, there's coming a day that this kingdom in which we live in now is going to change. Can someone say amen to that? There's coming a day. The things that seem that are the same as they were yesterday and last year and 10 years ago, those things will become a part of a history book that will never be written because things have changed, all right? You don't sit there. You don't go to your, to your, books, uh, your bookshelf and say, let me look at the pictures, uh, hallelujah, when I was in my mother's womb. Let me, let me look about, let me look and see what I did uh, uh, on the, uh, uh, on the, on that Thursday, uh, on the third week I was born, you don't see those because you're no longer in that kingdom. 
Now you're born. And now we focus on so many things of our lives. Can I tell you today that the Lord wants to encourage you to change your thinking this morning. Change, and it's so wonderful. I, I, was, I, I started to, to, to giggle. Uh, that's, not, that's not really a word I really use that much. I'm surprised I just said that, giggle. But uh, <laughs> when Sister Tracy was talking about the things she was, because it really goes along with the sermon today. And we're getting ready to get into the Word, and we're going to talk about the next kingdom. And are you ready for it? And not only are you ready for it, but what are you doing to help those around you be ready for that kingdom? Can, can I tell you today that, that this world that we live in is so self-centered? Can I say, can some, someone give me amen to that? They're so worried about today. They're so worried about themselves, all right? They, they, they're, they're concerned about their weight and how many muscles they might have or, or, or how they look in the mirror or, or how, um, uh, how much money they have in their bank account or uh, what type of influence they can, they can be made politically and, and emotionally upon people. But can I tell you, in the kingdom come, that none of those mean nothing can someone say amen hallelujah can i tell you today that god has something greater for you to concentrate your time on god has something better for you to focus upon if you'll hear the word of god today when one day becomes today i'm sure that my i i kind of you know i'm 56 uh, I, I know i probably look uh, i got a haircut this week as you can tell and uh I gained 10 years. How does that happen? I walked into a place, so old. I came out. I was older. I don't know how that happens, but it did, right? And uh, the lady was even laughing at me as I was leaving, but that's another story. So, but uh, as um, I, I, get, I see pictures, uh, the older you get, you, you, uh, uh, you look at the, the pictures of your mom and dad when they're holding you and you're a child. And to me, that's, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed because, see, my mom and dad, they've passed away. Uh, my mom's been dead. She's actually passed away 20 years ago this last, well, the 18th. So it's been within the last week, and my dad's been dead for seven or eight years. So the thoughts of them holding me is way, way back in, in, in history for me. But I see that, and I'm sure, I'm sure as the day came that the doctor said, well, you may be born on this day or that day, the excitement began to build. And they, don't miss what I'm about ready to say here. And they begin to plan. I'm sure that they bought a bassinet. I don't know if they buy bassinets any, any, any longer, you youngins who have, have youngins. Uh, uh, but back when I had it, we got bassinets. And uh, uh, I'm sure that they prepared a room for me. I'm, I'm sure they, they, were, they were setting aside money so they could get special food that I could eat. That They prepared for the day that one day would become today. And that day came. And, and I came into this world, and I took my first breath. Even though I was alive uh, for nine to ten months, I took my first breath. And then I ate my first food. It was a different kingdom. And that kingdom I've been in for now 56 years. And my kingdom's going to change. It's going to happen. 
no, no matter how much I want to believe that I, I, I will be like this forever, uh, I, look, uh, I look in the pictures, uh, I wasn't like this. Uh, they had this thing in Facebook, what he looked like 10 years ago. I don't even want to go there, okay, all right? 10 years ago, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I'm, sure I w- I'm sure I changed in some way. I'm sure you have too, all right? But I recognize, I recognize that, that be honest with yourself, you're not going to be in this kingdom forever. Can someone say amen? Are you able to say amen? You know, the problem is our world that we live in thinks that things are going to continue to stay the same. And they're not. They're not. Let's see what the, what the, what the Lord has to say. If you'll stand to your feet, I want us to read Matthew 24. And the Word of God says in Matthew 24, it says, and we're going to start in the first verse. And it says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And when shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginnings of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Shall we pray? Lord, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ the righteous, that you would touch this word as we set aside my voice and my mind and we commit it to you, Lord. I pray that you prepare, you've already prepared the hearts. I pray that the hearer will hear your word today, Lord. And as we look towards your word and allow it to to, to mold and change our life. I thank you, God, for your word, for your word speaks. In the name of Jesus Christ, the righteous, I pray. And the church says, amen. You can be seated. So, you know, you don't hear the word rapture too much anymore. 
In fact, there may be some, some young Christians in the, in the audience today that might say, what are you talking about? For you see, when I was, when I got saved, I got saved in 1977. It was February 27th, 1977. I gave my life to the Lord uh, at a revival at the Brunswick Church of God. I'll never forget it. Soon after that time, I, the church in general, was very um, prepare, preparing, I guess probably that's a better, better word, preparing for the rapture. They, we talked about it almost weekly. Our, 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 our teachers in Sunday school, they talked about the rapture. They talked getting ready for the rapture. And, and then something happened. Feel the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Whew. What happened was is that everyone thought that the rapture was soon to come. And then it didn't, didn't arrive. And should we stay ready? Should we stay at, you know, at the gate with, with our armor on? And should we be prepared for this? And then, you know, we're human beings and we just we allow life to take over the church. Hello? Can someone say amen to that? Life, life beca- it used to be church life. You know, so, someone debate me here. It used to be church life, and there used to be secular life. Now they're so intertwined, you, you can't tell the difference. Can someone say amen to that? That's just truth. It is. It's truth. And somewhere in there, we forgot that the Lord has a day, and he has a kingdom. And I, I want to... As I read this word again to you, I want to I'll repeat the 14th verse because we're going to go through this here, and you'll be kind of surprised where we're at. Um, the 14th verse says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. What kingdom is he talking about? Talking about the kingdom of Jesus Christ, for he is returning to this earth, and are you and not only, whew, hallelujah, not only are you ready, but those who you love, are they ready? And have you, Lord, help them to hear this today. Are you, have you given up telling your family and your friends? Because you know that they're tired of hearing this again. But have you stopped? Have you stopped telling them that Jesus loves you and he has something better for you? Have you stopped shaking your bed in prayer, seeking their face, saying, Lord, save their soul, because there's a hell to get out of or stay away from and a heaven to gain? Can someone say amen to that? Have you gotten tired of that? Have you run weary of that? And if you're honest to yourself this day, the answer to that would be yes, you have. Because the Word of God says that since the fathers fell asleep, things have continued the way they are. 
And when the church said in the 80s, Jesus is coming soon, we had our dances and we praised the Lord all morning long. And we had our night services where we would run the church around. We'd have a, a, a Jericho march. Anybody did a Jericho march before where you walk around the whole building and you keep on praising the Lord? You're going to pray until something happens. And can I tell you, when you do those things and you put yourself before the Lord, something begins to happen. Can someone Oh, hallelujah. Can someone say amen? It happens because God is God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. No matter what the church says, amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. That's the truth. No matter what the world or the church might say, he is the same. And I, you put yourself before the Lord. That's why I love our praise and worship. Because we come, who hallelujah, we come before the Lord and the glory spout opens up and we can begin to feel the presence of the Lord. Who hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But there are some in this place, and if you be honest with yourself and myself, there are people who you love so much. And you stopped. You know, you know, I have a, uh, I didn't mean to go here this quickly, but I'm going anyway because I feel the presence of the Lord. You know, I have a, my, uh, my brother-in-law, he's such a drunk. He you know, he's always been a small guy. He's under 100 pounds now. You know, he lost his vision, and he had surgeries because he had, he's, he's just 50, and he had cataract surgery in both eyes. And, and, you know, the doctors are saying, hey, it's because you're drinking. But you know what he does with it, George? He goes get another drink. You know, and there was a come a time, Kelly, that I, I was always telling him about Jesus, you know. And when he gets in his drunken stupor, and I'm in the area. He'll put his arm around me and say, oh, you're my pastor. And I know that's just the booze talking because he doesn't want anything to do with the Lord. But as I got prepared for this sermon this morning, and as I looked out upon the snow that was coming down, his, his face come to my name, and I'm, I'm one of those. I'm one of those that, that I remember seeking the Lord for him over and over again. And every chance I got, I would tell him about Jesus, about how wonderful Jesus is and how God can help him overcome whatever he's put himself into. Do you realize that no matter what you get yourself into, Jesus can always get you out. Can someone say amen? That's the truth. That you, you can't go too far. But you know, brother, you don't know, Brother Dave, you know, I gave myself to Satan. That's okay. He doesn't have the power to keep you. Whoa, hallelujah. Can someone say amen to that? That's the truth. Because you know, you know what happened? He thought he had Christ. You know that? He thought he did. You know, when they nailed him to the cross, all of Satan and all his guys were going, whoo, look what we got. We got the Son of God. But Sunday came. Hallelujah. <laughs> then Sunday came and everything changed. Oh, they think they, they, what they thought that he had over him. Suddenly he busted through those chains. And because he did, that means I can. Can someone say amen? Woo, hallelujah. Woo. That's the truth. 
And that's what we got to give to those who don't know and those who think they know and those who've heard it before. We got to continue to tell them because the time is short. I'm here to tell you this day. The time is short. Now, the Word of God says that no man knows the day or the hour that the Son of Man cometh. So I'm not sitting here that, oh, yeah, God told me that uh, on May the 7th, on 2019, he's coming back. Now, I'm not going to tell you that because that's a lie, right? He's not going to, if he can't tell Jesus, why would he tell me, right, George? All right, come on, all right? And those who say that, what that, what does that make them? They're false prophets. That's all they are. Hmm, um, we, we just read about that, didn't we? Let, let, let's, let's read this. Let's go through this real quickly because this will bless you. And then we, we've got some place to go with this. And I pray your heart is open for it. So, so the fourth verse, it says, Now Jesus answered and said to them, Let me take a step back. Let's go to the second verse. I, I, I just don't want to miss this here. So the disciples, they approached the temple in Jerusalem. Now, the temple was beautiful. I mean, it was gorgeous. It took a lot of time to build. It had beautiful stones on it, beautiful columns. It was gorgeous. So they're rolling past the, uh, the temple, and they're, and they're, like, proud. They're like, hey, Jesus, I like this temple, man. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it gorgeous? Did we do a good job? I mean, our, our family, we took care. Look at this. Woo, it looks good. It's like, like having that new car. You know, like, oh, yeah, look at this, this Corvette. I've been dying to have a Corvette, and it's red, my favorite color on top of that. Ooh, it, it, look at it. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. That's what they were saying about the temple. It's so pretty, Lord. And, and Jesus just blew them away. He says, I tell you, all year, all that bag of chips thing, it's not going to happen. One day, every stone is going to fall down from this thing. That happened. That was a prophecy. In the year 70 A.D., the Jews rose up against the Romans, and the Romans had, had, were done with it, and they came in, and they wiped out Jerusalem, and they wiped out the temple, and not one stone laid upon another. That prophecy has been fulfilled. There's an importance that I brought that in because you need to understand as we go through these things that God has already done Many of the things that he's promised, why wouldn't he do the last one? Hear the word of the Lord. So we're going to go to the fourth verse. It says, and, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. And in parentheses in my Bible, I have, because they're going to try. There are people in this world who are going to try to deceive you. They're going to. They're going to tell you how much of a Christian they are and how much they love Jesus. And, and, uh, and, but, you know, they don't need to go to church. and They can live any way they want to. And uh, uh, Jesus, uh, he was a good guy, but uh, he really did, he really, did he really rise again from the dead? I wasn't there. Were you? I wasn't there. Were you? So how can you know for sure? And then the misbelief begins. They will try to deceive you. That's the first thing. It's, it's, it, it, it makes me wonder because the first thing he didn't say was, you know, make sure you stay in church. Make sure that, that every day that you 
seek God's face, which you need to do, and make sure that you read the Word, what you, what you need to do every day. But the first thing out of his mouth was, listen, there are going to be people come around you, and they're going to try to deceive you. And then he goes the next step. Listen to the Word of God. It says here, in the fifth verse, it says, For many shall come in my name, saying that I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Can I tell you, in 1870, Jehovah Witness movement began. Their main theology that's different than the Christians is that Jesus is not God. That means Jesus must have lied because Jesus said throughout the gospel several times that he is God. Me and my Father are one. That's what he said, right? And they say, ah, he's not. He's not. Can I tell you, in 1830, the Mormon movement started. And the Mormons believe that God is man, made of flesh and blood, that their theology is man has become God. And God is man. That's their theology. That really is. In fact, they don't tell you that right away because they know that you'll get, you go, dude, that's crazy. But what they really believe at the end when you get up high into their theology is that if you become a true Mormonist, when you die, you become a God of another planet. True story. I could prove it to you. And most of people say, what are you? Of another planet? Which one, Jupiter? No, you're crazy. I mean, the place would, the, if, if, if all the new people were new Mormons, they'd all bail out. They'd say, this guy's crazy. What's he drinking? Come on. Who can believe that? But there's millions who do. Millions have. But yet, they'll sit there and they'll say, we believe in Jesus. We do. We're the you know, Latter-day Saints of Jesus Christ. That's us. That's who we are. We even have the name Jesus Christ in our name. Do you? We do. That's because we know Jesus more than you. That's what they're trying to say. But they're deceitful. Uh-oh. There's that word again. They've deceived so many because they recognize or they want you to recognize Jesus is not who he says he is. In 1854, the Catholic Church decided that Mary was a deity. It was decreed by the Pope, and those who are Catholics know that whatever the Pope says, it becomes godlike. So the Pope of 1854, they've been talking about it for a long time, he decreed it that Mary is a deity and okay to pray to. Can I tell you that my, my word that I read, Mary calls Jesus my Lord and my God. And praying to Mary does you no better if you want to pray to that piece of wood right there, right? You can say, hey, buddy, uh, can you help me out today? You know, I need $15. Can you help me out today? Because, you know, I'm a little short. No difference. There's no difference. But... What you, but, 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 Brother Dave, the, they believe in Jesus. Yeah, they do. Parts of it. But if you talk to most Catholics, they'll tell you that, and I'll tell you this quick story, and it happened in front of my face. I, those who may or may not know, I, I am a 
I am a official for basketball and baseball in the state of Ohio. So I was at a basketball uh, game, and my partners, they were talking about a conversation they had with somebody in their church. And somebody in their Catholic church had an issue. And the guy was laughing. I mean, he was laughing. I mean, like, <laughs> laughing. He goes, listen, this crazy guy, he came to us and told us that he had these issues, and he all wanted us to pray to Jesus so it would be taken care of. He doesn't understand that Jesus is, we have all these other people underneath him that take care of the smaller things. We have this saint and that saint and Mary. We pray to them only for the big stuff to actually get a chance to talk to Jesus. That's the truth. That's a quote from a Catholic. Complete lie. Complete, utter lie. How many thank, hallelujah, how many thankful that tomorrow morning when you wake up and your life is heavy on your soul, where can you go? I don't have to go to men and women. Their bones are still in their grave. Can someone say amen? I can lay my knees on the ground and I can talk to the king of glory and he hears my prayer. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. He hears me. Whoa, hallelujah. And he moves throughout my day and speaks to me. Like I'm his son, for I am his son because Jesus died on the cross. He wiped away my sins and put me in a place of sonship. Woo, hallelujah. That's the truth. That's the truth. But they're deceived. They're deceived. And, and the Lord told us that it was going to happen. And, and then in verse 7 it says, For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. We, that was... We had two world wars in the, in, in the early and middle 1900s. Those things, nation, prior to that, that never happened. The whole world being at war. That happened twice, twice. Verse number 9. And they shall deliver you up, afflicted, and shall kill you, and shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. How many people, how many how many hate groups are there out there for the Jewish people? If you don't agree with that, then you don't see the truth. It's, it's just facts. And it's, it's that way because Jesus came from the Jewish nation. That's why. Oh, oh, oh what happened in the 40s? They, they took all the Jews and they killed millions of them. Millions of them they killed. Let's move on. Verse 10. Now, church, if this doesn't move your heart right now, what I'm about ready to say to you, I suggest you need to, to get your heart right with the Lord because this is like reading the plain dealer. Verse 10. And then many shall be offended. Boy, isn't that our, isn't that our world that we live in? There's no matter what you do or who you talk to, you got to be careful because someone's going to be offended. doesn't matter who. It could be a young. It could be old. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if out of 100 people, 99 uh, uh, say that this is a brown roof. If that one person says, it's not brown, it's tan. It's just what it is. It's tan. And if you all think it's brown, I'm not going to be around here any longer. Oh, we can't let that happen. 
we can't lose you. Come on. doesn't matter what the 99 believe. Come on. They're offended. They are. Let's move on. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. You know, we have, a, we have a, an exploding Muslim community, not only in this nation, but others. The Muslims believe that, they tell you that they believe in Jesus, but that's a complete lie. They tell you that just because they know that this is a Christian nation, right? Uh, they believe in a God called Allah. He's not, he's not Yahweh. In fact, if you actually look at Allah, Allah is a sun god that was cr- created to worship the sun in the nation of India before their prophet Muhammad created him to be the god. That's the truth. But yet, they've said, well, he is. And they, they say, God is great. And immediately, us Christians, we think, well, he must be talking about Jesus and Yahweh. And No, they're not. It's, a, it's their god, their god. And Muhammad, you know, you know, it's funny how that Muhammad, who wrote their, is their prophet, they, they were known as murderers and thieves. And they ran around the area killing people. But yet, the Son of God killed himself. He gave his life. He had the power to give up his life. And thus he did for you and I. But, but so many, they don't want that. Oh, that can't be true. Why, why is that? Why? Because Jesus, when he comes into your life, he requires something of you, does he not? I, I, I love Jim White. And, and those who've been here for a while, they know, you, Jim White's been here several times. He had a, he had a, um, he had a sermon here. Or he was, had a revival a couple years ago. And, and, and uh, it, it really touched my heart. The whole theme of the week was this. Salvation is free. If you want to, if you want to know Jesus, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. And if you want God in your life, it's going to cost you everything. Because the Word of God says that if you keep your life, what happens? You lose it. That's what the Word says. I didn't write it. And it says, but if you lose your life to Him, you will gain life. And not only life in this life, but eternal life you shall gain. So we have these prophets. Now, I might step on some toes right now, and if I do, you just have to talk to me later on, but we can have a, 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 a discussion about it. But we have Joel Olstein over here who has a massive church in Texas. He preached that positive gospel. Yeah, baby. It's always good. Always smiling. Nothing never negative happens to you. Something negative happens to you, turn that frown into a smile. It's going to be better. But you know what? Understand that it's just not Jesus. Anybody that worships God, they can make it to heaven, no matter what religion they are. No matter what, no matter if you're, if you're, if you're Hindu, that's fine. You're still serving God. My friends, that's a lie. Because Jesus said that I am the what? Way and the life and what? No man comes up to the Father. How? Except by him. In fact, 
He said, whew, hallelujah. In fact, he says, if you try, you're nothing but a thief and a robber. That's what he says. Why? Because the gift, hallelujah, the gift of Jesus for you is so awesome and so unbelievable and so perfect that if you try to go around what God says that you has the perfect spot for you, you're nothing but a thief. You're trying to steal from God because he wants you. He's, understand this. He sent Jesus for you. He sent it for you. you. You understand that, right? You understand that just because he, it happened 2,000 years ago, if, if he hadn't come then and he had to come now, he would have came for you, Tracy. He would have came because he loves you, loves you. And that's why if you divert from that, the punishment comes around eventually. Let's finish up and, and, and get where we want, need to go. Oh, I, I, need, I, oh, I need to share this too. There's another false prophet that we have, Clefler Dollar. Now, oh, Brother Dave, what's wrong with him? He's got this big old church in, in Atlanta. He's a good guy. Well, he has that name it, claim it religion, you know? You can, you know, it, it, you, you, it's, you need a, you have a, a, a plane, a, uh, I, I'm believing God for a $10 million plane. $1 million is just not good enough. And it's all about the money. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. And the Lord has, doesn't want your money. If you come, if you've come into church today thinking that God wanted your money, you don't know the God I serve. You don't know Yahweh. You don't know him. Why he has you pay tithes? Because he wants you to give up that part of your life, that control of your life. And he's, God is so cool and so neat. He says, listen, if you'll, if you'll just give, dude, I'll give it back to you. And I'll, I'll press it down. And I'll shake it up. And it'll roll over. It'll just be like, and you might think that's crazy, right? But I tell you what, those who do it, is it truth or not? Hallelujah. I, I can't outgive God. I just can't do it. Every, every time, oh, hallelujah, and I, I tell my wife all the time, I say, so-and-so's done this, and they've asked me for this, and I go to God about it. And you know what God tells me to do? He gives me one word. He says, give, give. I go, but, 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 but God, but, 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 all this. He says, give, just give, just give. You know what? It comes back. It's just crazy stuff. It comes back. Can, can I tell you today? And this is a true statement. I don't know if I've even told my wife this. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. You know, I got a check this week. I, I wasn't expecting it at all. It was for $750. True story. I had no indication that it was coming. It came. It cashed. I tell you that. You know what? That's because you gave. You gave. And why is that so important? God wants my money. That's why he wants all my money. No. He wants you to give up what you've made God in your life, right? He wants you, you know, I work for a, a group of men. You know, we're maintenance guys. And they have, they love to work. That's not true. They love the money they get from work. So they'll work seven days. If there was an eighth day, they'd work it. I was telling someone as I was walking out the door on Friday, they go, 
Oh, are you off for the weekend again? I go, absolutely. I'm not working this weekend. I said, I got church to go to. And one guy goes, this is my church. That's why I'll be here on Sunday. I turned around and I said, uh, good, good luck with that uh, a little bit later down in your life. You're not going to like the results of what's going to happen with that. That's a true story. Because you've got to take time out for the king. So can someone say amen to that? You've got to. And if you want, the world will want you to work those 12-hour days for eight days a week, for 30 days a month, and just keep on working because you got bills to pay. And this person, oh, look at all the people you're going to help. I tell you this, if you continue to honor God first, then God will always provide for you. Oh, hallelujah. And he'll always provide for those and whom he wants you to give to. Can someone say amen to that? Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Number 12. Whew. If this, is, if this isn't uh, uh, on CNN, well, we all want it. I know it's not. On, I know why it's not on CNN, but, uh, but it says here, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And I know I'm taking things out of the papers or our politics. But when you can sit there and you can turn on the lights on a tall building in New York and you can put it pink and you can as 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 leaders of a state in this union, they 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 clap and they jump and they they give applause because they have signed a bill that would allow in certain circumstances abortion to be done on the very last day before the, the child is born and that's okay. They're wrong. Hallelujah. And you have churchmen and women who will gather around and they will say, this is a God decision and we're going to pray and that God will bless the abortion clinics. And that is a lie. You are killing innocent babies that were in that kingdom. We were all in that kingdom. And I love I love the governors of our state, and uh, there was another one out west, I can't remember the name of it, that they just signed into bill, the heartbeat bill. If you hear a heartbeat, you can't have an abortion. I love that. I love that. But these, th- this political system that we live in, this country has waxed cold with love. I, I put something on, on Facebook. I said, you know, if you have a piece of bacteria on Mars, the scientists say, we found life on Mars. Can you believe it? There's bacteria on Mars. But a child in a womb is, is not life, so it's okay for us to wipe it out. It's wrong. And the time is coming that you, you, you have to stand up and say that this is wrong. It's wrong. It is. And I I struggle. I struggle when I talk to to women and men. I talk to both of them. And they both say, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm okay with abortion. How can you be okay with that? I'm sorry. And if you you want to square off with me that after church, that's fine. We'll talk about it. I'm sorry. I I I can't accept it. 
And, and it's there because of this, what the, that the Lord Jesus himself had said. He says, you know, the love will be cold because iniquity will abound. There's no rules any longer. You know where the rules lay at right now? They don't lay at the cross. They don't lay at the Bible. They lay at men's hearts. And men's hearts are evil. They are. And if you don't believe that, then you don't know yourself. Because if you be honest with yourself today, there's things that are going to cross your heart and your mind and your life that you know this just wasn't right. You know it wasn't. And I'll go this step further. That when you were wrong, you were looking for people. Hear what I'm about ready to say. You were looking for people who would agree with you, or maybe not agree with you, but at least not condemn you, so that you can go ahead and you can have those three girlfriends, and knowing, knowing that you're married, it's okay. We'll just pretend that's, that doesn't happen. We'll just pretend, right? And we've lost, church, we've lost our ability to say this is wrong, and we're going to stand for Christ. I'm here to tell you today, and I'll get ready to close. If you can give me some music, Brother Ira. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.